Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Rainy Market Minute. Today is Tuesday, September 20th, and this is episode number 185. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investing opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right, good to be back with everybody today. Yesterday was our uh, September members-only webinar. I did not do a market minute yesterday. Um, As expected, our our guest did not disappoint. We had a fantastic conversation with him and did our own presentation as well. Um, Really drilled into the data in terms of um, actually calculating Tails asset expectations for enrichers and what that means for uranium demand going forward. And this is really important to understand because this has a lot to do with the strength of our conviction in this trade and what we expect for the commodity in the short, mid and long term. So we shared that with our members in the in our own slideshow. Then we brought on our guest and um, he had a lot of fantastic information coming uh, on the heels of WNA, which he did attend. And then, of course, gave us some excellent insight into what's going on in the term contracting cycle and in this market. So if you are a member and you did not attend, that replay is posted to the members area of the website. If you're not a member and you join, uh, you can access that replay uh, immediately and any of the previous month's webinars, as well as any of our past content over the past three years. It's all posted and accessible immediately upon joining. On that note, we have now two weeks and counting until the daily market minute goes uh, goes behind the members area that will be available members only. And this podcast that's free out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts will go to a weekly format starting in two weeks in the first week of October. Um, we didn't, because we did not do a market minute yesterday, the data and the daily scoreboard is going to be for two days. That'll be for yesterday, Monday, and uh, Friday the 16th. And I'm going to talk about some interesting stuff happening in the spot market and the term market and some uh, some noteworthy quotes coming from our, our guest from our webinar uh, from yesterday. So that'll be in the mailbag section. Let's go ahead and jump right into the daily scoreboard here. Spot price of uranium coming in at $48 a pound mid-market. That is roughly flat from yesterday. They had a big drop in the spot price on Friday that I did not report yesterday. That's what I want to talk about in the mailbag section uh, that's coming up here shortly. Over the last two trading days, Sput did not purchase any additional uranium, but they did issue 88,000 new units yesterday, raising just over a million dollars. And they raised a little bit of cash again today, which I'll report tomorrow. I'm reporting this pretty late in the day. They're sitting at a very small discount to NAV here, just over uh, just under 17 million cash in their treasury. Since the beginning of the year, year to date, Sput has acquired 17.2 million pounds of uranium, has raised over $900 million in new capital. Turning to the ETFs, URA reported no changes in outstanding shares over the last two trading days. URNM reported a decline of 25,000 shares outstanding. That was 1.8 million in mandated selling for URNM. Yesterday, the sector stabilized a bit after Friday's losses. Uh, today, the uranium, uranium equities are mostly in the red with the red S&P with a couple of exceptions. On that note, let's take a quick look at the charts. URA down 1.59% on the day. Um, declining volume, some dip buying happening, did not close with the highs on the day. But this the sector really feels like money wants to move here. That's, that's, the, that's the feeling I'm getting. There is this strange underlying strength. 
that it seems like just about every day with an exception of let's say last Friday, where we saw a huge downdraft in the S and P as well. Um, where we're, we're actually seeing some kind of pent up, uh, pent up buying energy here that seems to come in, uh, just about every single day. Now you are a bounce right on that rising 50 day. We still have this gap just below here. Another few percentage points down. We fill that gap. Honestly, I think it's highly likely that we do. I would like to see us stop there, make a higher low from a few weeks ago. URNM relative to the spot price of uranium really doing okay here kind of starting to form a bit of a flag formation over the past few weeks. We also do have this gap down here. And although the spot price fell pretty sharply on Friday, along with the equities, the, the on a relative basis, we are doing decently well. Not up too far off the lows. And in a real strong rally, we have a long ways to go. And this chart looks drastically different when money is really flowing into the sector. And I believe we are going to see that again. Cameco bucking uh, the weak broad market and up uh, 0.35% on the day. This is a very, very strong stock. Um, this is definitely a sector leader here. So good to see that. Not huge volume here, but uh, either way, nice recovery intraday. URA relative to the S&P down slightly. Like I said, the S&P was down over 1% on the day. So hanging in there in terms of that relative chart. This Profits Uranium Trust trading slightly down on the day with a big fat hammer candle. Where is the volume? It certainly is not here. Institutional money is not piling into this vehicle yet. Uh, we have yet to really see that. Will we see it again? Yes, we will. Okay, so I had a few questions coming to me about the movement of the spot price on Friday. There was a big downdraft in a single reported transaction uh, coming from Numerico and uh, UXC. $3, down over $3 in a single transaction. Okay, so what really happened there? Basically, there was a single entity that was a price insensitive seller. So what is a price insensitive seller? There aren't that many in the market right now. Um, one of the big price insensitive sellers is BHP. BHP operates the Olympic Dam Mine in Australia. This is a massive operation, a huge, huge mine that primarily is producing gold and copper. Uranium is essentially a byproduct of this mining operation. And so BHP sells uh, pretty indiscriminately in the market. Now, they do have some uh, shorter term spot reference contracting, but they also do sell right into the spot market. Was that them? It's possible. The Uzbeks are also relatively uh, price insensitive, and they generally sell to traders. Sometimes you'll see those traders dump some pounds in the market at the end of the month, smash that price down. Prior to uh, securing a, a forward price for the forward month uh, of that spot price. So if they can move the price down a couple of dollars by selling a very small amount of uranium in the spot market into a relatively illiquid market, then they will because that'll affect their with the price they have to pay for the forward month. Now, how much volume moved the uranium price down $3 a pound? Less than half a million pounds. This stuff is trading on vapor. Um, this is a very liquid, very tight market right now. And it's not a static amount of uranium, okay? It's important to know that. It's like, well, there's nothing left in the spot market. There's always going to be something in the spot market. You have a couple of primary producers that do sell into the spot market relatively consistently. You also have traders, okay? And now I'm going to quote, and there was an excellent, excellent question in the members webinar, basically asking our guest and asking us, you know, what, what really is, the connection between the term market and the spot market, if the spot market is what the investors watch and it's the most visible price reporting mechanism in this uh, particular commodity, 
then what relevance do, do long-term contracts even have, right? So we're seeing more long-term contracts signed. We're now just under 80 million pounds for the year. And uh, that, that long-term contracting price is holding up decently well. Um, but investors don't really care about that. For the most part, they're watching the spot price, okay? And basically, this is to quote uh, to quote our guest. I think this was a brilliant statement. He basically said, the connective tissue between the long-term contracting uh, price and the spot price uh, is the traders. And so when you start to see what we're seeing now, which is a, a lot of RFPs all of a sudden coming into the market for uranium or U308 equivalent, okay? So when a utility goes out and puts an RFP, unless they've already purchased conversion and they're looking for uranium to, to put through the conversion process, and that typically will happen through a contract that is multiple years out um, in the front end, right? So they'll actually... Uh, buy enrichment, uh, excuse me, buy the enrichment service, buy the conversion service, and then buy the U308, the actual yellow cake from a producer. And then they'll run that product through the fuel cycle. But if you're going out and putting out an RFP, which typically means you're wanting that material for a shorter term, let's say less than 24 months or less than 18 months, you're looking for material that's already been mined essentially um, in this RFP. That's a request for proposal. Uh, what you'll do is you'll you request for U308 equivalent. So you'll basically, you'll take U308 or UF6 um, because you you are likely wanting to, or potentially even uh, EUP if you're trying to get it sooner. Now we know the U3, uh, the UF6 market is relatively thin. Um, there's more there's more liquidity in the U308 market, surprisingly, and there's not a whole lot of liquidity there. So this 400,000 pound sale on Friday smashed the price down uh, by $3. So it basically is just one seller that's either motivated to get the pounds off their books or just selling out of, you know, in a price insensitive way. And the the few buyers that are there, or maybe the one buyer that's there in the spot market might just keep lowering their ask or lowering their bid, right? So that's um, uh, yeah, lowering the bid, and that's what you get. You get a, a smash down in the price, and it it's not at all reflective of the full fundamentals of the fuel cycle and and the nuclear fuel market. So it is really interesting in that way. But the traders, so when you have a lot of RFPs, and there's a lot of RFPs right now for U.S. utilities, for non-U.S. utilities, and for non-utilities, um, that is most likely the enrichers uh, putting RFPs out there for. Um, uranium or uranium equivalent to uh, to overfeed their centrifuges, as we've talked about ad nauseum, why that is happening and how that is happening. When you have a lot of these RFPs and you start to see demand in the term market um, on top of those RFPs, what you have is you have traders that will arbitrage uh, spot pounds. So you'll have traders come in, buy pounds on the spot market, expecting the prices to go up, they can resell them. And uh, so the traders are the connective tissue between these two markets. And that's important to understand that um, while, while the investing community does not as closely follow the long-term contracting price or the long-term contracting volume, traders do. And the rest of the market does. And they, they absolutely affect each other. And in, in, a, in another way, the spot price affects the term, uh, the term market as well. So you'll actually have these long-term contracts signed by producers, by Cameco, by Kazatomprom, by Paladin, by Arano, where um, a lot of contracts now are, are majority, if not entirely, market referenced or referenced to essentially the spot price of uranium at the time of delivery. So the spot price actually, in a lot of ways, might dictate what the uh, nuclear utilities will have to pay. Of course, a lot of these contracts uh, that are market reference have floors and ceilings. So it's not just, okay, well, if the financial players push the spot price up to $200 a pound in three years, 
that that delivery three years from now, the utility is not going to have to pay $200 a pound. They're going to have to pay whatever the ceiling is on that market reference contract, which uh, typically right now, those ceilings are going to be much higher than where we're at now, you know, probably closer to um, 80 to hundred dollars a pound ceiling uh, to protect, to protect the utilities from overpaying while still giving plenty of upside potential for the producers and the sellers of that uranium. So, so the spot price, you know, I had an episode last week called the spot price doesn't matter, but it really matters. And that's, that's still essentially true, but I just wanted to give a brief explanation of how these two markets are linked and um, how they both matter and how demand coming into the term market, which is coming um, is going to affect the spot price. And it will. All right. That's it for today. I appreciate all you guys. I will see you again tomorrow. Take care. Cheers.